Hello, and welcome to Thought for the Day. This is Dr. Richard Getz with you once again as we look into God's Word, the Bible, and share a thought for the day. We are in the middle of our week-long series of messages exploring the theme of our freedom through life in Christ as described by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossian Church. On our first program, we looked at the reality that merely entering into a relationship with Christ is not sufficient. We need to continue to live in Him, rooted and built up. Only in this way can we position ourselves to experience true freedom. On yesterday's program, we looked at how our freedom can be blocked when we allow ourselves to be taken captive by hollow and deceptive philosophy, which is grounded on human traditions and the principles of this world and the thoughts of mere men rather than on the person of Jesus Christ. The premier and pervasive demonstration of such a deceptive, captive-taking, and freedom-destroying philosophy is postmodernism. Because its claim that there is no truth shackles us to wandering around, chasing after our preferences and our stories in search of meaning. Today we continue in our investigation of freedom through life in Christ by examining Paul's claim in Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10, that Christ is the fullness of the deity in bodily form. And likewise, we have been given fullness in Christ. So grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, as we listen to this song.
Often when we think of fullness, we think of something which was empty and now has been completely filled up, as when we say after eating a really big meal, my stomach is full. Or when we pull into a petrol station with our car because our petrol tank is about empty and we have to fill it up. This is the idea of fullness as capacity or as quantity. But in our text for today, Paul uses the word fullness and he goes beyond quantity to also address quality. Follow along with me as I read. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. This idea of fullness isn't so much about quantity, but quality or completeness. Paul is not declaring that in Christ all the quantity of God lives in bodily form, as if at the Incarnation God somehow opened up the infant Jesus by using a funnel to pour himself into that body. God didn't cram the fullness of his deity into the man that was in his Jesus. That would actually be impossible since God, as immaterial and infinite, is not quantifiable. No, what Paul is declaring is that in Christ, all the quality or the completeness of God lives in bodily form. Jesus is completely God, not in quantity, but in quality. There isn't any aspect of God, no characteristic of God, nothing of God's nature that is not found in Jesus Christ. So in a very real sense, when the disciples saw Jesus, they were seeing the nature and character, the fullness of God. When they talked with Jesus, they were talking with God. Jesus is literally and uniquely God's presence and his very self. In Paul's day, this was a very important proclamation because there were many religious ideas of God and many different levels attached to who God was, many different deities in the various religious systems, and some more God or divine than others. But Paul is saying that in Jesus, you have God in his completeness, God in the utmost. There is no one or no thing which is more God than Jesus Christ, so you don't need to look any further. There is, according to Paul's declaration here, no hierarchy between man and God. There is only Jesus Christ who is the fullness or completeness of God. By contrast, then, this makes every other claim of deity or divinity to be revealed as merely idolatry. You need not, indeed cannot, combine Christianity with any other religions in syncretistic fashion because Jesus alone is fully God. There is no need, indeed no place, for doing so. It is interesting to note that, historically, this confession of the fullness of deity in Jesus Christ became the basis for the first two great theological and doctrinal controversies which the church had to confront and address. It is one thing to declare that in Jesus resides the fullness of the deity, but it is another thing entirely to explain it. And in the larger Greco-Roman culture within which Christianity originally existed, in order to gain legitimacy as a religion and gain an audience for its message, the early Christians had to explain that. But developing a consistent and unified explanation aroused controversy within the church, which led to the assembling of the first church councils. At the Council of Nicaea in 325, the church wrestled with this very issue of how to understand Jesus' divinity. What emerged from that council is known as the Nicene Creed, and it is the single most important doctrinal statement the church has ever produced, because it briefly explains how we are to understand the fullness of deity in bodily form in Jesus Christ. The Nicene Creed declares, We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, begotten of the Father, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, who for us men and for our salvation came down and was incarnate and was made man. 
This declaration that the fullness of deity lives in bodily form in Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is one substance with the Father, is the definitive statement about the heart and nature of the Christian faith. There are other religious traditions which acknowledge that Jesus lived, that he was perhaps a good moral teacher, that he gave us the supreme example of what love for God looked like, or even that he was a prophet. But none of these views acknowledge the one central truth about Jesus Christ which the Bible declares in Colossians 2 verse 9 and which the Christian faith proclaims as the answer to our lost, hurt, broken, and dying world, that Jesus Christ is fully God. Acknowledging that Jesus was a man who actually lived, or that he was a good moral teacher or even a prophet, is not enough. If Jesus was only a man or a teacher or a prophet, then he can't really set us free, which is what we need. But the Bible teaches that Jesus was the fullness of deity because the problem, our sin problem and our relationship separation from God— was so large that no mere man or teacher or even a prophet would really be capable of doing anything about it. Only God could. So God had to become one of us. He had to, as John's gospel declares, become one of us and dwell among us because there was no other way to pay for the offense of our sin and restore our broken relationship with God. Only God can fix a God-sized problem. And our sin and brokenness is a God-sized problem. It is interesting to ponder whether and to what degree we really believe this statement of Paul's. Clearly, non-Christians don't believe Jesus is the fullness of deity, for if they did, they would fall down in submission before him and worship and serve him as God. The fact that they don't, that they don't submit to him, is the very indication that they don't believe him to be the fullness of deity. And if that describes you, my friend, I encourage you, I implore you to open your eyes and grasp that Jesus Christ is fully God and to surrender your heart and life to him today. God is calling you, inviting you into a brand new relationship with him through his grace found only in Jesus Christ. And that is the only place you will experience the freedom that you desperately seek. But what about those of us who claim to be Christians? Do we embrace and live in the reality that all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form in Jesus Christ? If we do, we can no longer refer to Jesus simply as a man, for then he becomes the God-man, Jesus Christ, both fully God and fully man. One implication of this powerful reality is that when we want to know what God is like, we only have to look to Jesus. We can often get frustrated with God, feeling as if he's so far away, but in reality, he came and walked among us in the person of Jesus. God is not some distant deity we have to use rituals to invoke. God came down to be with us in Jesus Christ and remains with us through the Holy Spirit. In contrast to those philosophies which take us prisoner or captive to false ideas, such as postmodernism, the philosophy or the worldview which sets us free, which empowers us to live in freedom, starts with the premise that Jesus is the fullness of deity. Any other beginning place for our faith, our worldview, our philosophy of life will lead us astray and hold us captive to errors which originate in human tradition and principles of this world. Only accepting and confessing Jesus Christ as the fullness of deity will set us free and change our life. Think for a moment about the degree to which you acknowledge Jesus Christ as the fullness of God in bodily form while we listen to this song. Go into the world Showing how much He loves you Walk in the world In merciful ways He loves you He loves you the body, the hands and the feet, and 
Yours are the eyes to look compassionately to bless you and me, bless you and me. He will bless you and me. On tomorrow's program, we're going to begin exploring the implications of this declaration that Jesus was the fullness of God in bodily form and how this truth is critical to our freedom. But before we can experience and live in the reality of this freedom, we must first embrace this truth. I would like to pray for you today that each of you listening to this program would embrace at a new and deeper level the truth of Jesus as the fullness of God, whether for the first time or as a renewal of this truth. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for showing your great love for us by becoming one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, we want to say thank you for sacrificing yourself on the cross on our behalf so that we could be reunited with our Father in heaven. I pray, Jesus, that all those listening to my voice right now who have not recognized you as God and have not yet trusted you for their eternal salvation would even now, in this very moment, in their own way and in their own words, recognize your full deity, submit to you as God and turn their life over to you. Forgive their sins, heal their brokenness and restore them to wholeness. Give them joy in their hearts and set them free from the bondage of sin and shame. And Jesus, for those who have trusted you in the past but have not fully recognized or understood your fullness of deity, I pray that from this day forward they would walk in a new understanding, a new truth, a new reality as to your divinity and what that means for their lives. Help us to recognize you, Jesus, for who you really are, light of light, true God of true God, one with the Father. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Well, our time is gone for today. I hope you will join me again tomorrow as we continue to investigate freedom through life in Christ from the book of Colossians as we explore the fullness of Christ which now lives in us and provide a thought for the day. Until then, goodbye and God bless. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Thought for the Day is brought to you by Trinity Christian Center, Singapore. This program comes on every weekday at 7.40 in the morning and again at 10.30 in the evening. 
If you've been blessed by our program, we'd love to hear from you. Do call us at 6468-4444 or email us at admin at trinity.sg. For more information on our services, events, and seminars, do visit our website at www.trinity.sg. On behalf of Trinity Christian Center, may God's presence, peace, and power be real to you today and every day. God bless. Yours are the eyes to look compassionate.